You may be seated. Today's scripture reading comes from Numbers chapter 20, verses, verses 1 through 12. If you have your Bibles, please read with me. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam died and was buried. Now, there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into, the into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring out water, you will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Adam and band. My name is Brad. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to see you, uh, most of you, all of you. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird passage. It's, it's a bad day for Moses in that passage. Uh, some things happened. You ever have those weeks where just moments by moments things pi like pile on and pile on, and pretty soon you've had a pretty, a pretty bad week that started with a pretty bad day that started with a pretty bad moment? Have we had those, or am I just the only one? We have these moments and our lives are lived by moments. Uh, for one moment, you can be riding the bench on your sports team and then you get up to bat at the right time and all of a sudden you're a hero. You hit in the right run and then, or you make the right tackle, you're the hero. Or at work, you might be just low level and then all of a sudden you make this contribution and now you are seen and you're the hero there. You're the fixer, you're the pioneer. Or if you're in research and you're researching something, you have the moment of things just not going your way. It's piling on and it's just getting mundane and you have zero breakthrough and it's just hitting walls and walls and walls. And then all of a sudden you tweak some equation and we say equation with me, math doesn't work. And so you, you do something weird with your letters and numbers that you do and, and all of a sudden you have figured it out and it comes, your, your, what you're researching comes true. You have these moments, or you are an internet nobody, and then you post a video of a cat, and then everybody forwards it, and pretty soon everyone knows your name, and all of a sudden you're a YouTube celebrity like Bieber, and you have a name for yourself. In a moment, it goes that quick. You go from being this to this, but it also goes the other way. Uh, in a moment, you can get up to, the, to bat with the bases loaded in the bottom of the World Series and strike out, and everyone hates you. If you're a Boston Red Sox fan, his name is Buckner. He lets, he lets the ball go between his legs and they never make it. 
Uh, or you can go from being the hero of the company to being the one that cost the company millions because of something you've done. Uh, or you can have the research fail. Uh, or your cat video goes sour and now you're the laughing stock of the entire internet neighborhood. It goes that quickly. We have moments that we live in. Moments define us and we define moments and we live through them. Moses in this passage is in the middle of a bad moment. First, he has the moment of loss. And I think as we look through these moments, we see that even though the moments of doubt, the moments of withdrawal, the moments of, of loss, the moments of sadness, we see that Moses goes through these moments of life that we all go through. And when we come to the end of it, what we find is that God is the God of all these moments. Whether good or bad, the God is the same throughout all of them. It starts with Moses having this enormous moment of loss. The very, first, the very first verse, Miriam has died. Miriam is his sister. We don't think anything of it. You kind of read through, ah, it's only one verse, whatever, move on. But whenever an author like this gives you a little signpost, Miriam died, it, it, it should bring you some pause. Well, who's, who's Miriam? Why is this important? Because two million people would end up dying in that desert. Why is he telling us about Miriam? Miriam is a large piece of Moses. For Moses, Miriam is the reason he's alive. He was born, he was taken care of. Pharaoh was killing all the baby boys under a certain age. But Miriam kept Moses alive with their mother, Jochebed. Uh, we just talk about Miriam because Jochebed's really hard to say. Uh, but Miriam crafts for Moses this reed basket and puts Moses in there and sets him free in the river and then watches it and then convinces Pharaoh's daughter that, he, that she should hire Moses' mom to take care of Moses. Miriam's the reason Joseph, or Moses is alive. And then further on, Miriam is, the, is the, probably the person that historians look at and say she's the one that reminded Moses of who he was because she was his nanny. She's the one who took care of him. She's probably the one that whispered in his ears, Moses, you're not an Egyptian. You're not like the other people. Moses, you're different. Miriam is also the one that gave the people a voice. When they crossed the Red Sea, Miriam's the one that writes the song to celebrate what just happened. And, and Miriam is this central person for all, both Moses and for the people. She was the voice, and then she was Moses' history. She was Moses' grounding. And Moses has this moment of loss that sends him on this tailspin. Loss does that to you. Have you ever had a moment of loss, of deep grief, where you've lost somebody and now all of a sudden your story doesn't make sense? You don't, you don't feel right? Something is missing. Your history lesson is gone. Your, your, your something is missing. And you just feel like you're off. That's why this verse of Miriam dying is important. And then you start to see things begin to crumble throughout this passage. The people lose their voice. The people have been seen over and over since Numbers 12. They've been seeing things and people die off because they didn't live into the promise. They ran away because they were scared. God says to them that nobody under or over the age of 40 will survive into the promised land. And now they're seeing people die and God's judgment is coming, to, is coming true. So the people begin to panic. 
Well, if Miriam's dead, that means, that means I'm next. I'm not, and, and so they start to doubt. They start to think, well, if she's gone, that means that is God ever going to provide for us again? And they start complaining. It's the same old tired complaint, but the loss triggers it this time. The loss makes them doubt, is God going to take care of us still? Is God still going to keep his promises to us in this time of wilderness? But for Moses, it triggers something else. If the people's mode of operation was to complain when they got scared, Moses's was to get a little bit too angry. Moses starts tail spinning out of control. Moses is an angry person. Uh, we see a, a pattern in his life that every time Moses comes to something stressful, he lashes out in anger. The first time, he sees an Egyptian beating up a Hebrew, and he goes and he kills the Egyptian in rage. The second time he gets mad is a few months later, they're, at the, they're on Sinai, and he comes down and he sees the people, he has the tablets in his hand, and, and he sees the people uh, worshiping an idol, and he throws the tablets down. Later, God yells at him for that, says, you lost your cool, man, what'd you do that for? And, the, this, and then there's another time he storms out of Pharaoh's presence in a white-hot anger. Moses is an angry person, and now in Numbers 20, he comes to this, and he's angry again. The loss of his sister crumbled the foundation and Moses began to doubt. Loss begins to question if you're going to be okay. The loss of Moses starts for him to doubt if he was going to be okay and he goes into unbelief. The people then start complaining. And like you and I, if we have a bad minute, that minute grows into five and then ten and then pretty soon our whole day is shot. It's not just that one event. It's usually a buildup of event after event after event. And then all of a sudden, you've had it up to here, and you can't even, whatever that phrase means, you just can't do it anymore. We've been there. Have you talked to somebody? Have you ever tried to have a conversation with somebody who's at that level of stress? And you see them, and you're like, hey, what's going on? They go, not right now. Or maybe it's you. Uh, if you haven't talked to somebody like that, you're the one uh, and that they come and talk to. And, and you get so frustrated and you just had this bad day and everything has built up and you get to the point and you just can't have it anymore. You're angry. Your moment of loss or your moment of depression or your bad moment turns into and festers into this moment of pure rage. Anger, this kind of rage that we see doesn't just start by itself. It builds. It begins with an irritation. Moses is probably irritated that people are doing their stupid thing again. They're complaining. Or he's probably a bit irritated because he's been wandering in the desert for 30 years with these people. And it's hot and he's tired of manna. And they keep complaining and complaining and complaining and then your irritation builds into indignation or resentment, and you start not to like these people. Moses did this too. Remember, he goes before God and says, these people of yours, those people, whenever you call those people those people, it's not a good thing. Moses is mad, and Moses' anger is building, and then he gets to wrath. Moses comes down the mountain, and wrath is very seldomly unexpressed in some sort of way or another. He comes down the mountain. He sees what they've done. He has wrath, and he throws down the, the, the tablets 
and breaks them, but doesn't stop there. He grinds the tablets or the, the idol into a dust and then makes the people who worship the idol drink the dust. It wasn't just a little bit of wrath. It was a lot of bit of wrath. And then he goes to fury. Moses is furious at some of the things that people do. And now what we see is that moments, the moment of loss, the moment of anger gave Moses into a moment of rage. The people complain. They want water. They, they're thirsty. They're afraid that God's not going to provide for them. They go to Moses. It's a normal thing for people to be thirsty, right? I'm thirsty right now. We get thirsty. The people have been taken care of for so long, but their loss of Miriam and now Moses' anger, and they're wondering if they're ever going to make it. It's this perfect storm that's happening, and Moses goes into the presence of the Lord and says, we need water again. Probably a little bit more frustrated than that. Probably spouting and going, oh, stupid people want water. I wish we'd just die of thirst and get this thing over with. God says, take your staff, Moses, and your brother Aaron, and gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock, Moses, therefore, right before their eyes, and it will pour out water in front of you. You will bring water from the rock so the whole community and their livestock can drink. Water from the rock is not a new trick for Moses. Earlier in Exodus, this, this happened. Same kind of complaint. They needed water. Uh, people complain. Moses goes to God. Those people of yours want water. And God says, go and to get the water from the rock. Soon the rock gives forth water, and the water was a sign of presence of God with them. It was right after the manna story. But this new thing for Moses is don't hit the rock. God gives him specific instruction. He says simply, speak to the rock. Talk to it. Hello, Mr. Rock. Give me some water. Probably simple as that. I don't know what magic words he would have had to say, but God just simply says, before everybody, take the staff that is my presence and go and tell the rock to give, that, give its water, and enough water will come out to cover the entire people and their livestock. But Moses is mad. When you get mad, do you listen to instructions carefully? I don't. When I get mad, when I get angry, everything kind of goes away and it's just me and I do what I want because I'm angry and I'm mad. This is where Moses is. He's on the teetering edge of white hot rage. He doesn't even know what's happening. He says, God says, go, speak to the rock. And then pretty soon you see Moses standing on the rock with Aaron and he's speaking but he's not speaking to a rock. He's speaking to the people. And he says, listen, you rebels, must we bring the water from the rock again? There's several things wrong with this. First of all, he's speaking to the people. God said, don't speak to the people, just go talk to the rock. And then Moses says, must we? There's a little bit of blasphemy in there, right? Uh, when you get angry, you turn into me-centered. Everything is about you. Everything is how your feelings are hurt. Everything is yours, and it revolves around you. And Moses comes up and says, must I do this again? I could see God going, you didn't do it in the first place, bud. Uh, must you do it again? Moses' anger has blown out into rage, and then he takes the staff and hits the rock, not once, but twice. 
Moses' anger has gotten the most of him again. Have you ever been in a moment where you look back and you go, oh man, I was really mad and I shouldn't have done that? Have we been where Moses is? Have you said those words to that person uh, because they hurt your feelings or something didn't go your way and all of a sudden you are off the handle and you say things you regret? This wasn't a small event for Moses either. This event had ramifications. For 40 years or so, God's probably been working on Moses and his little temper tantrums. And then finally, this was the last straw. We think that God is unjust for doing this, but God has given Moses chance after chance after chance after chance. And now, this one did it. This one put him over the edge. Moses is told in, in the 12th verse that he's not going to take the people into the promised land now. Have you ever had a moment slip away from you where you regret what you've done and now you have a consequence? We all live with consequences. We all have a past where we can look back and, man, I shouldn't have done that, and you're still feeling the pain of that one discussion, of that one email fired off in rage. We have passed, and this is Moses's. And, and time after time in Deuteronomy, you see Moses trying to change God's mind. He's changed God's mind before. He's going to try again. And finally, after the third time of Moses asking that he would go into the promised land, God says back to him, Moses, I'm not shifting on this one. The answer is no. Sometimes we have to live with consequences of our moments. There is forgiveness, praise God, there's forgiveness, but there's always still consequences for some of our actions. David, I imagine David had a lot of regrets in his life, especially that time he stood on his roof and saw Bathsheba and then had that whole moment that lasted the entire night and then a baby afterwards. I think King David regretted that moment. I bet he wished he could go back and hit the rewind or control or Apple Z and undo it all. Sometimes you can't undo things. The hard part is when we stay in those moments, whether they be a moment of rage, whether they be a moment of dishonesty, whether it's a moment of lust, it's a moment of carelessness, the moment you don't really remember. It's the moment that got away from you. We have those moments, and sometimes we get stuck in those moments. And we keep replaying them over and over again, and you can't move forward in any relationship because you get right to the point where that moment was last time, and you say, I can't go past here because this is when everything went haywire last time. We get stuck in those moments. Stuck in the moment of failure, allow or forcing you never to risk again. Stuck in the moment of pain and hurt, uh, forcing you never to put yourself on the line. We get stuck in moments, and then the moments begin to define us, and we think of ourselves as failures. We think of ourselves as dirty, rotten sinners. We think of ourselves as never good enough for anything, and we're stuck. Have you been in that moment before? We have moments, and we get stuck in those moments. Moses learns a lesson here. Uh, he, he learns that his anger got away from him one more time. Uh, uh, but there's also uh, there's a couple more 
for us. The lesson here is that we shouldn't get, is not that we shouldn't get angry. We get angry. That's a normal emotion. Jesus got angry in the temple. Paul says in Ephesians, it's okay to get angry, but in your anger, don't sin. So anger is not the problem. It's what you do in the anger. If your anger causes you to go all the way to the extreme of unbelief that God is in control of the situation, then your anger's got a little bit out of control. If your anger goes to the point where you are dealing out the consequences for what's happened to you instead of allowing God to do his justice around you, your anger's got out of control a little bit. Reel it in. But the other lesson for us here is that sometimes in our moments, God still works. In the moments of your failure, God still works. In the moments where, where you thought that you were over with, in the moments where you thought your story was over, God still works. In the moments where your past creeps up on you, God still works through that. What happened here in Moses? He hits this rock, and, and he shouldn't have hit the rock, but what happens with the rock? Water comes out. In the moment of his deepest rebellion, in the moment of his rage, in the moment of his most regrettable action uh, as of yet, God still works. It doesn't mean that his moment of rage was okay. He still misses out on the, on the reward. But the water comes out. And, most, and all of the livestock and all of the people got what they needed. God can still work through your most embarrassing, regretful moments because he's the God of all moments. And so today, you might find yourself in the middle of something like Moses. You might find yourself uh, in the wilderness wondering if there's provision like the people of Israel, wondering if you've been forgotten because of a moment of loss, because of a moment of grief. Wondering if you're going to be taken care of because things just aren't working out the way they're supposed to work out and you have your doubts. In that moment, there's provision. The people got their water. In the moment of, uh, of, of anger, God still moved and there's grace. Today, what moment do you find yourself in? Are you in loss? Are you in a moment of uncertainty? Wondering if God will ever provide for you? Are you in a moment of anger? Do you find yourself going through some of your moments of fear, uncertainty, and loss, and then all of a sudden you're mad at God for this? Or you're mad at doctors, or you're mad at your boss, or you're mad at your roommate, or your spouse, or whoever? Do you find yourself in that moment, and you're wondering, can God even work through this? David had that horrible moment with Bathsheba. He lost a baby over it. The baby was born, and the baby died. David, on his face, asking for forgiveness, and then magical thing happens. God forgives him. It doesn't mean the consequences went away, but there was a forgiveness, and David writes in, his, uh, in Psalms, uh, as far as the east is from the west, so has our sin been removed from us. What moment do you find yourself in today? Because there's a moment of grace that we can all take. There's a moment of grace that doesn't, uh, uh, that doesn't twist us, but the moment of grace that can define us. 
we can make a moment or the moment can make us. And in this place, that moment of grace comes to you and says there's grace for all of your moments. The regrettable ones, the good ones, the moments you haven't made yet. There's grace even for those. There's grace for the heartbreak. There's grace for the pain. And what moment are you in today? Where do you find yourself in this? Our lives are full of moments. In each one of them, we have the opportunity to move towards the life that we want, the life of wholeness, the life of grace, the life of peace. Or in those moments, we can move down the heartache, anger, rage, and loss. And every single one of your moments is a moment for you to decide. And today, when you find yourself in this story of Moses, where's your moment? Where's your grace? Will you allow grace to define your moment today? Pray with me. Father, we thank you for grace. We thank you for the faithfulness that comes with grace. That no matter our, our, our shameful moments, no matter the moments that where we find disgrace, no matter our past, no matter our future, God, there's grace for us in every step along the way. And Lord, you're faithful to work through our bad moments. You're faithful to cover our sins as far as east is from west. Lord, you're faithful in that way. We thank you. And God, your grace redeems us. We thank you for that. And Lord, as we sit in our moments today, Lord, may we hold on to your grace. May we step towards those moments. And learn what it is for forgiveness. It's in your name we pray.